You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with James. That's me. James, that was like the perfect time to take a sip right as I was introducing you. <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, I never try to disappoint. You know what I mean? I always try to get everything on cue. I always try in my real life to set the bar very, very low so then people don't expect a whole lot from you. And then you surprise them, and then that's when it gets bad. Like you just have one of those, like, I'm feeling really good days where you get, I mean, you're hitting every green light, you're doing everything correct. And then they're like, I'm going to expect more from you now. And you're like, damn, I should have really just messed up. Like, you know, do the dishes, but then don't put them away. Dude, that is the story of my life, man. I tried to aim everything low because if you aim high, then you like get so disappointed in your work and what you do. But if you're just like, fuck it, let's just do it. And like the results are very minimal. You, you can live with that. You know what I mean? This leads into the topic. Do you think that life is like a simulation? Everyone talks about it's a simulation, but I'm like, if you could pick any type of game or anything or movie, anything you would want to live in, I feel like life starts out when you're a kid kind of wanting to be like Grand Theft Auto, except you're not able to run over hookers without consequence. And then it kind of turns into like Sims. I mean, I remember playing Sims all the time as a kid, thinking this is what my life was going to be like, having a vending machine in my house, having a pool table in my house, having a pool in the basement because I just thought that could happen. And then now I'm an adult and I'm like, wow, none of this shit has happened. It's turned into fucking Farmville where everything's got to pay to go somewhere and everything has waiting times on it. You know what? That's a great, uh, that's a great analogy of what, how you're putting it, man. And, uh, you know what, man? Like, I just, I, for me, I, I don't like normal, you know what I mean? Like I like doing odd things, you know what I mean? Like, for example, like I wanted to leave my current situation. I found a wife across the world, you know what I mean? And like, it's so rare because when you think American guy, foreign girl, foreign woman always moves to America. Before the 90 so, days. Yeah, exactly. And it's rare for the opposite. But for me, when I came here to Turkey, where I'm living now, it was just like, wow, this is, this is incredible. Like, I, this is totally different. And I, I, I've been here for seven years, man. So like, well, what you just realized is that there's a benefit. Like we always say like, oh, another country, they don't have it as good as America. If you go to another country, what they value is way better than what's over here. I mean, not to talk trash on America. I'm, I love America. I think it's amazing. The fact that I can't, you know, do some things, but I can do other things. That's cool, I guess. But the fact of like culture. Like I got into a podcast with a guy from El Salvador um, and he was during the middle of the conversation. He's a coffee grower. He's telling me about coffee and I'm hearing guns like gunshots or bangs. And I'm like, whoa, I'm like, I'm like freaking out. Like, dude, are you okay? He's like, they're not gunshots. What happens is when it hits around noon, 
which is our time over here, the kids let off firecrackers for one of the saints. And I'm like, you guys have your priorities in order when it comes to values. Every country has a different understanding. And it's interesting because um, I used to work at a hotel. So we would get a bunch of like foreign exchange students that would come by. And they were from Ro uh, Romania, Bulgaria. Uh, well, what's the, there's another. Well, we had some from Turkey too. But a, a lot of them, you know, they questioned a lot of the things over here and they're like, what's going on? Like, this is, this is, this is really strange. I don't feel comfortable. And I remember I was sitting with one of them and um, I, I went outside because he was sitting outside drinking a coffee by himself. And everyone that we worked with that was from here was making fun of him saying that he was weird. Like he offered me a sip of his coffee. It's, that's weird. I'm like, I'm like looking at that from like a psychological kind of aspect. I'm like, there's a reason for that. So I went over and sat by him. And as I sit down next to him, he hands me his coffee. He's like, want to sip? And I'm like, people are going to think that's weird, but I know why you're doing it. And he just looks at me like, what? And I'm like, you probably come from a family that has a lot of people in it. And you guys learn to share everything because you guys didn't have a lot. And he goes, yeah, I have like six brothers and sisters. And I'm like, that's see, more people need to take the time to understand there's a reason behind why somebody does something. Same thing like somebody kills somebody. What the fuck was going on in their life where that happened? It doesn't give them a right to do that, but there's obviously something that got crossed in the way. Oh, dude, speaking of culture, man, like, obviously you've been paying attention to world news, man. I've met people from all walks of life living here. I'm an English teacher, dude, so like, I've met refugees, I've met uh, doctors, I've met people who, I met a man with four wives once from Libya. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like 14 kids. Like, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I came from America. Like, I had two brothers. I had a, you know, I brought up in a, in a normal household, you know what I mean? And then, like, I come here and, like, I meet people who are, like, who, who eat bread every day. You know what I mean? Like, you can meet, like, the poorest of the poor people and, like, the richest of the rich. And it really doesn't make a difference. They still have similar values. Like, for example, here, family is extremely important for the Turkish people. You know what I mean? Like you, in, in, in America, it is rare to find a guy who's like 25, 25 years old, living on his, like living on his own, living with his family. It's rare, but here it's extremely common, dude. People stay with their families until they get married. And some people never get married and never leave their family. You know what I mean? Like I met women, a uh, woman who's like in her fifties, still living with her parents. You know what I mean? And it's so like, when you see that, it was so bizarre, man, because you know, all my friends in America all have their own lives, married and children, but some people are just still connected to, to this family value, you know? And it's a good thing that it also can be a bad thing too, because here they put a lot of pressure on their kids. You know what I mean? Like, after university, after you get a job, you have to get married and have to have kids. Marriage and kids. Marriage and kids. I'm 37 years old. My wife and I, uh, my wife's a little bit older. We both decided that kids is not for us. You know what I mean? Like kids is not for us. And when we try to explain our reason why to the older generation, they just don't get it. Like they just, they, it doesn't register in their brain. But now with this younger generation, like they're seeing how terrible life is, education is. Our our economy, dude, is like, dude, it's like a roller coaster, man. 
So like raising kids in nowadays in modern day uh, Turkey where I live, it's extremely difficult, man. So when I explain this to the older people, they're like, oh, just don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, what do you mean? Don't worry about it, man. Like kids always come first in families, you know, like it's, I, I, I'm already, my wife and I are already working so many hours teaching English. You know what I mean? Like we don't have that free time to take care of another child, you know? Said four wives, huh? Oh yeah. I met a guy with, yeah, dude, that was, that was bizarre, man. Like this dude, and he wanted a fifth wife. He was from Libya. He wasn't Turkish. He's from He's Libya. really living like Sims. That's what it is. Oh, dude. And the thing is, I asked him, like, I remember I asked him, I'm like, how the hell do you take care of all your wives? And his answer was, my kids do it. Like, my kids do it. Like, he moved to Turkey. All the wives and kids are in Libya. And I'm like, so what happens if wife number two calls and you're talking to wife number one? Hold on. I got two on the other line. Hello, two. See, Hold on, what do you need, you know? What's really interesting is once you figure out, like, people, if you said that to, like, an average person, like, that dude's horrible, he's a sick, you know, they would say all these things about him. I'm like, do you not understand that it's probably different where he comes from? Like, everybody, Absolutely. our morals, everything we consider right and wrong is completely different in a whole other country. And I was like, once you get that into your mind, you start to understand a lot of things. People talk about, like, they look through history at all the horrible things that have happened. And I'm like... They're, they might be horrible to us now, but you got to understand what the, the kind of the time period for all that was. It wasn't that bad back then. Like everybody was doing the same thing. Like, them, you know, people are getting upset about George Washington. Uh, his teeth weren't made of cherry wood. It was made of slave teeth. And I was like, you got to understand that was a common thing. Big wigs, the rich and famous, all that type of wig style. That was the hide syphilis. And then it just evolved into this thing where it was supposed to show your wealth class. And I'm like... Look, you hit on a very, 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 very controversial topic, and that is with the generation of kids that are coming up that are realizing the world is fucked, which is really interesting because there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in this world, but there's more good stuff than bad stuff, but we're constantly being shown the bad stuff. Millennials are, they are this pooped on generation talked about all these things and everything's wrong with them no they're doing the polar opposite of how i guess trying to fix everything because oh, yeah. they're starting to realize like they somehow when they were, their generation was born they hit into this peg that was like wow the world has really gone to shit um I'm going to try my best to do what I can and everything I hear and listen to without reason and accountability, I'm going to try and fix. That's the issue with them. But they're doing something very important, such as environmental stuff, vegan, all these other types of things. I'll crap on vegan all day. I don't care. Um, but the factor is they're very, very sensitive. And you said something that said, when the older generations are kind of on top of their kids, tell them you got to have this, you got to have this, you got to have that. That is like that in America, but in a different way. The awesome. aspect is I want to invest my life into your life. So every mistake I've made, I want to make sure you don't make it. But you got to understand I'm not you. I'm my own person. I'm not going to like I've had my parents, you know. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm like, I'm not like you. I didn't grow up in the 80s where I put bleach in my hair to make it blonde or go punk rock out to a Motley Crue concert. That's not me. <laughs> I live a completely different life and I have a different mindset than you. And it's like, 
this weird shift of like, you still are trying to be like, don't do this. Cause I know you're going to do that. It's like, you don't, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, there's a whole, this, this weird, that, that, that birth, when these kids are being born that are millennials compared to the older generation, there was just this weird reverse opposite where it's like going completely, but then millennials are so easily distracted and so easily swayed to something when it comes to like looking up to celebrities as these famous people aspects and what attracted me to your show for instance i know you do the oh, if you want to plug it real quick oh shit sure man oh well let, let's like i want to hear you first man. actually i gotta be honest with you man this is so exciting for me to be a part of this because you are the first guy that i don't really know really well that i'm doing this with like i've talked to my my other good friend but this is like the first time like I get to hear an outside point of view of what my art is looking like or what we, my friends and I created. So this is really interesting for me to hear your opinion, man. Like, honestly, like I, I am so thrilled. I've, po- to hear this. I, I, I've popped a lot of cherries. Let's just say I've popped a lot of. Okay. Birds. Well, this, well <laughs> and, and the thing is like, I told like, I, I, I called like my, I called Mark, you know, the cause and I was like, dude, this guy wants like, uh, to us to be on like a show we we're like what you know what i mean because like we're still new you know well that's the, then, that's the thing uh, i really try and hold and um I've, I've posted like a tweet about it yes i'll use twitter to post like a really kind of like weird thought that comes into my head but oh yeah was, who doesn't dude i mean everybody does that you it, know it was the aspect of so many people and this is kind of the motto i started to live by um so many people will reach out to famous guests and they'll hope and pray to God that they share and that they'll grow their fan base that way. Dude, I'll pick a person that has two followers, one follower, five followers. I don't give a shit about your followers. I'm interested in who you are, who that person is. So I've totally just stopped reaching out to famous people because I don't give a shit about them right now. And it's the aspect of like, there are so many, like I've started people's podcasts and stuff and not to go down that road. That's, we could talk off air about that, but it's the aspect of like your show when i was looking at it i was like it's weird because i was watching two and a half men and that's the first thought that came in my head was like this is like is this a spinoff of two and a half men like the comedy because it was like if you watch that show now it is amazing and the fact that charlie sheen had his whole whatever and everything that happened with him i was like damn if you could have held it together a little longer we could have had a longer show a better one but those jokes that are on there everything was so classic and it was just classic comedy it was entertainment and it was fun you weren't worrying about what they were saying it was back in the day and that's kind of like what it is with your show where it's like you're not super super worried you're just having fun you're really into it you're having a conversation with a friend where it's like oh shit that there's the connection I want. Yeah, actually, man, I'll, I'll go into more details actually about the, the start of it. Well, obviously I've never done it before. Like I've never, this is like totally, totally just me and my friend, Mark, we sat on Zoom. I, I actually, because of Zoom, we were able to do this. Like I said, I'm an English teacher. All our lessons went to Zoom. So, like, I learned how to use Zoom properly and how to record and do things. So, like, me and Mark made, like, our first episode, and it ended up being, like, just 20 minutes of us just, like, talking about weird topics and, like, him singing songs and stuff. And I sent it to my buddy, who's an actual editor in New York. Like, my, I have, like, we have a crew behind us, actually. Now we do. But in the beginning, it was just Mark and I, and my friend Jimmy, who who 
lives in New Jersey. He edits shows for a living. That's his job. So like I send it to him and he's like, you know, like this can, you can work here. You can take this out, take that out, take this out. And he just said, let me just edit your stuff for you. And I said, okay, this is, why not? So then like for an idea we came up with was like, hey, let's have Mark do like an air guitar challenge, you know, and like, let's just shoot it out there. But no one was watching us, man. Like no one was paying attention to us. So I was like, my brother, my older brother, he lives in Chicago and like we come from a musical family. And my brother is making videos to promote local Chicago concerts. And so my brother created this character called Scrooge that he just screams and he's fat and he's like Chris Farley, you know? And he's like, James, let, uh, I chose him. Hey, could you take on Mark in this air guitar challenge, you know? So like we went from there and now we're trying to, I got another friend involved and his name is Kurt. He's creating us like an outline. So like, we're actually going to start developing the story with all our episodes inside of the episode. What people you know? people don't so, really like it's, it's well, people don't really realize when, when they start something is like they think it's going to be you know after like ten minutes or maybe even like ten days it's going to be a factor of it's going to be the most popular thing in the world everybody's going to be viewing it I'm like no it's a slow growth it's a slow haul if you keep yeah. reaching out to famous people they want that instant fame I'm like you don't want to be famous it nope I, honestly I've heard so many famous people talk about how much they hate it that it's like there's not even a point. You got to have fun with shit. And the funny thing is, like, if I post an episode and I'm like, wow, it hasn't really been viewed. I'm like, whatever. And I'll just move on. But you start to notice the people, they'll go through your whole entire thing. They'll go back to your very first episode. I'm like, wow, this yeah. one's climbed by like 100 something numbers. And I'm like, I really try not to look at the analytics because once you start doing that, you basically fuck yourself. It's like when you first check calories on like the back of a food thing and it's, it tells you, well, there's a hundred calories in here. It's like, then every time you go to the store, you're checking calories. It's the same thing with videos. If you're checking your content and worried about viewership. And I know so many people are like, Oh dude, don't even get me started on the people that are like, I'm a prophet. Every word I speak is holy. I'm like, dude, People have been saying the same shit as you for thousands of years. You haven't discovered anything new. You've just, you haven't looked hard enough. I've started to notice so much of the shit I've already said has been, besides like Papa John's is a cult leader, but I mean, that that's about it. That's, that's like the only or, or original things I got. I'm, you know, I listen to podcasts all the time and I support everyone. I at least try to, but when you start, showing off and trying to showboat more than you know the actual authenticity of just having fun with it i'm like man you really just it just feels slimy i'm like i can't do it i don't want to i don't want to feel like you're lubed up with like a whole jar of vaseline <laughs> dude it's funny everything you just said you you nailed it 100 you completely nailed everything to the fullest description you know what I mean? Like, for example, yeah, we had guests and like, I knew these guests. For example, we interviewed the guy, uh, George Hardy from Troll 2. Wait, I lost him, man. My internet sucks. Okay. So we interviewed George Hardy from Troll 2, but me and him have been friends for 12 years, man. Like we've been friends because we met in Chicago. So like all our guests that we've had are people that I interacted before I even started this. You know what I mean? So like, 
for example, like this was a, this, I can't, I can't talk too much about this, but we have an episode coming up where like, I interviewed this guy, his name is Alan Maxson. He's a uh, monster actor. He plays monsters in movies and shit. And like, he played the right head dragon of King Ghidorah in the last Godzilla movie. You know what I mean? Like he was the right head guy. So like, we were talking for like a year ago, like, just bullshitting with each other, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. And uh, he actually, uh, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, man, if you don't want to do this, it's totally fine. I understand. I sent him my link to like some of our previous episodes. And he was like, James, this is really funny. I want to do this. Well, hey, man, no pressure. You know what I mean? So, but you are absolutely correct. You Every episode I come out with, I'm like, holy shit, man, this is going to be big. This is going to be big. Hey, this is gonna be big, and sometimes I get disappointed with myself. And I talk to my brother in America, and my brother's like, "James, you're doing good. Your 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 thing you started with Mark, and we've been doing this for just four months. Every every episode, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube, has like a few views. James, you're doing good, and I'm just like, exactly what you just said, dude. I just get so disappointed. I'm like. Like, for example, I had our highest view was a guy from Sweden. We've been friends. He was in one of my favorite bands, dude, for 20 years. 20 years. I saw this guy in concert 20 years ago. And, like, we've just been Facebook friends ever since. And, like, I was like, hey, can we do a small interview? Like, you know, you know me. I know you. And the best part about this interview was it wasn't really a lot about his music, dude. Like, we talked about, like, movies and 4K TVs and other things, you know, because people forget, man, that these famous people have normal lives. You know what I mean? Like, let's face it. Uh, when you interview a celebrity or an artist, they're the most boringest interviews I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. What do you think of the movie? It's great. It's a fantastic movie. What was it like filming the movie? Oh, oh, it was amazing. Uh, it was a great. How's your new album? It's the best album we've ever done. I guarantee it. This album will blow away all our other albums. And it's because it's, so like it's, it's, it's a sales pitch. That's all it is. When you, That's absolutely. why I tell people this is not an interview. I don't want to sit there and, you know, I don't care. You can promote as much as you want, but like, I want to have a conversation. I want to know the reason, like, that's what it is. I can bring up poop anytime. You can't do that in an oh, yeah. interview. That's, that just can't happen. But like, that's why you got to be a little bit of yourself of, you know, you just got to, you got to do it to have fun with it. If it's cool to get star guests, you know, people that you admire too, but if you're always aiming for those, it's like people are like, yeah, set the bar high. I'm like, why are you trying to live a life like a celebrity? Like you're trying yeah. to be Kevin Hart with this mentality of motivational speaking. I'm like, but you're not Kevin Hart. You're you. Everybody's different. If diets are different, then so is living your own life. Like you probably have something Kevin Hart doesn't do. Like you like butter on your toast or you like a certain <laughs> assorted jam. I bet you Kevin Hart doesn't even eat a carb. <laughs> dude you are absolutely correct and i gotta say like one of the most interesting things about this friendly man that we created is because i'm an english teacher man like i have so many followers on my personal instagram account and there are 80 percent mostly all students man like my turkish students so like they check it out man and like i'll go to work in my classroom and like 
some dude will like watch my episode in my classroom and like I'll hear the song like friendly man and it's like oh my god dude is this really happening you know you ever try and blow their mind with like playing like Aerosmith or something and just opening up the doors to like this is like some good ass music dude dude you oh my god dude all right all right all right all right on this topic three years ago I was an English teacher for children okay and I, every May in Turkey, all the elementary schools have these festivals, okay? Like they promote businesses, they all come together. And so uh, I, my wife uh, knew I was a singer. Like she knows I come from a musical background. I haven't sing in 10 years, dude. Like I haven't even picked up a microphone in 10 years. And so like, there's like 300 kids at the school and my boss at the time was like, James, can you just please sing a song? Like, can you just please sing a song? And like, my wife like pushed me, everyone egged me. I'm like, fine. So I chose Foreigner's Jukebox Hero, right? You know what Holy I mean? And I'm like, shit. And like, I couldn't hit those notes. I couldn't hit anything, but I, I took my hair down. I was headbanging, right? Kids loved it and circled around me. Like I was like this God, dude. So then like we went to other schools, right? And like, I was like, all right, I'm gonna sing again. I'm gonna sing Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo. I'm gonna sing uh, this weird Paul guy song. He's from Pennsylvania. He's a strange, he's a cool dude. And then I'm gonna sing uh, uh, We Will Rock You, even though I hate that song, but Queen is so popular in Turkey still. I don't, so, I don't mind We Will Rock You. I just feel like every time you try to do the beat, I would always be the one that was off. Like the clap will be a little bit delayed. They're like, Robbie, <laughs> fucking pick it up. I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> See, and so like when I when I play, I perform like karaoke at like four schools. I got videos, man. I got a video of me singing at one of these schools, man. And like seriously, like 300 children just like circled around me, wanted my autograph, wanted selfies with me. They thought like I was like Johnny Depp or something, dude. They don't know that like I'm this guy. You mother- oh, you, you tell me, you motherfucker Jack Sparrow. You tell me, yeah, you Jack Sparrow. I, been, I have the long hair like Jack Sparrow, and it, it doesn't it doesn't make a difference to a child who who is you know what I mean who's never met an American before. So like to them, dude, like it was a big deal, man. Like literally it took me like one hour and like the thing is i used to play music in america for 10 years i was in many bands in chicago a few times people wanted photos with me but not to this caliber you know what i mean like when i used to play shows like do you want my photo and like dude you're a singer cool you did a good show all right and see you later but these turkish people man like these kids like they thought like i literally came from america just to perform for these kids, but in actuality, I'm performing them to learn English with me because I'm a teacher for kids. You know what I mean? So I like, really want to see a reaction of a kid listening to Kiss for the first time and be like, "What? There are these guys dressed up in makeup, like playing uh, music." Dude, and so like that was a great time. And actually, on the other topic of blowing people's away, man, I don't know if you know this, but Turkey has a history of knocking off American films. Yeah. Big American films. Superman. Turkey does? I'm coming back. Okay. 
Bali yes. does. Bollywood is a whole – it's fucking Hollywood before we had Hollywood. Like, it's all – every every film you look up – and it's funny because there's a Facebook page that takes certain scenes from movies, like the scene from Superman. And this this got me. was like – it said at the top in subtitles, you hurt my girlfriend and you hurt my mom. And then it was like the scene from Superman where the guy camp comes down and grabs Lois Lane and then flips the truck in front of the mother. And then Superman just starts beating the shit out of the guy. And I'm like, that is not what it is at all. And it's like, it'll, the quote says it'll go to show you how far their son will step up for their mom. And I'm like, you're fucking the whole movie up. This is Superman. <laughs> and it's in a, it's a space invader that hurt his family. If anything, it's his family, not his, just his mom. Like what the hell? And then, ah, that just gets into a whole nother thing. Imagine Superman. Everyone is afraid of you. So nobody wants to mess with you. But then imagine if you had the power to read everybody's mind where you're just like, I wish I could fucking kill you, but I don't know how. And then Superman's like, what'd you just say? Like, wish one day I could just get some kryptonite and put that in your sandwich and totally screw your day up. So, dude, speaking of which, two days ago, two days ago at my lesson, I showed the clips of the Turkish ET and the Turkish Superman. And like these students were just like, oh, my God, my country made this. You know what I mean? Like, my country did this. And I'm like, yeah, dude, this is what your country did. You know what I mean? And, like, they were just in awe. You know what I mean? So, like, KISS, I haven't gotten that far yet. I did meet two KISS fans in Turkey before. Only two, surprisingly. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss two crazy things at you. Which one do you want to hear Go first? Ahead. Do you want to hear a personal one, or do you want to hear what really surprised me the most? Go ahead. Let's do the personal one first. Let's do, let's start with personal and then surprise. So my dad was in a Kiss tribute band called Rock Bottom, and they played in front of like 50,000 people. And also, he was in a commercial with Kiss where he – I knew my dad as the cat growing up. That was, that was my dad. was Peter fucking Chris. Like, I would see him on stage dressed up in the makeup and, and play in front of thousands and thousands of people. So I was very, very cultured with music when I was a kid. So when people are like, you know who Kiss is? I'm like, don't fucking – don't come at me with that. But then here's the surprising thing. I just heard from a guy who mentors – his name's uh, Kelly um, Diffie, I think his last name is. I might be pronouncing that incorrectly. Sorry, Kelly, if you're listening. But the factor of he does like kind of uh, speeches in front of young audiences and talks to them and kind of educate them on a lot of things. And all the new generations coming up, a lot of them do not know who John Lennon is. And I'm like, oh, there's going to be oh, – yeah a few couple of years coming up where there's going to be nobody that really understands the Beatles understands all this other type of stuff, understand what LSD is, even though everybody's fucking talking about picking up mushrooms and diving into the realm of psychedelics and psychology. It's like, but besides the grateful dead, that seems like they're going to last forever in that mentality of psychedelics. What about the Beatles? Like these guys were from a whole nother country and it was this strive for success. Dude, the Beatles are actually still popular here in Turkey. Like I see a lot of Beatles, but here's the thing, because this isn't a uh, predominantly an English country, you know, they have their own language. They, a lot of times young people will wear band shirts of bands. They don't even know about and like, Oh, and I, and I will point them out. You know what I mean? Like I had a boy 
one time six years ago in my English class wearing a Motorhead shirt. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I've seen Motorhead two times. What's your favorite song? And the kid just looked at me with this dumbfound face, like, uh, it looks like, cool. It looks cool. Yup, yup. Because the, it's the Warthog and like the logo, and I'm like, you don't know anything about that, you know. And then I have another guy who wore like a Game of Thrones shirt one time in my group, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm gonna shock you, dude. I have never watched Game of Thrones in my life, but I know everything about it because everyone else around me does. I don't know shit about Game of Thrones, and I've never seen an episode. Oh, dude, you're the only guy. Oh, wow. You can relate to me on a personal level now. All I see is Peter Dinklage, and I'm like, that's fucking the evil guy from Underdog. That's all I care about. (laughs) And and you know what's funny? So this dude was wearing a a Game of Thrones shirt. I'm like, hey, man, you like Game of Thrones? Because I know this guy doesn't know anything about this, but the whole class does. This dude's face just turned purple and he never came back to my class again because he was just so embarrassed of wearing a product of something that he is not aware about. You know do what you I ever, mean? Do you ever and try like, and wonder where that kid's at now? No, it's a man, dude. He was like in his 40s. So maybe he was, he, a, he was maybe. a bus driver. Then his life was really shitty. What do you think? You probably ruined his whole day. <laughs> I've never seen him again, and I don't miss him. <laughs> I don't miss this guy. But you know what? But like, but like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is, like, dude, these are experiences that like I get to face on a daily basis. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, I met a dude from Iraq, right, or Afghanistan, I think, and like he was the first guy to bring a water park to his country, and now he's a refugee living in Turkey. You know what I mean? And like. And like, I, I didn't believe him at first, you know, but then he sent me the news clips of himself live on TV talking about what he accomplished and stuff. And I'm just like, am I really talking to you right now? <laughs> like, this so is what so you're fun. experiencing being in another country is like if you were Marty McFly going back in time, like absolutely, you're in absolutely. basically showing everybody what's already hit America, but you're just bringing it over there. And they're like, what is this? The who? Who is that? And it's like, exactly. Let me teach you about this. Yeah, and actually, what was funny was this guy from Afghanistan. I was like, you need to watch Rambo 3. It's all filmed in Afghanistan. And I didn't realize when I recommended the movie that Rambo was helping the Taliban in the movie. You know, that's why they changed the uh, credits at the end. And, And then so he watched it, right? Like this Afghan guy and his mother watched it. And he, he, he came up to me with a full review and he was like, I watched Rambo 3. Yes, that is my country. And yes, the Taliban looked like they're, they're, uh, like, they're, you know what I mean? Like, you showed a fucking like Rambo movie. movie with Taliban to a guy who fought in Afghanistan. No, no, he never fought. He never fought, but his life was threatened by the Taliban because, like, he opened up this, uh, that's Swim like park, that's like I mean? that's like recommending a house fire to a guy who's been severely burned in a fire. I know I didn't think about it at the time, but I was like, "Dude, your country's in this movie. It's all filmed in Afghanistan." But at the time, I didn't realize the context because 
when you watch a movie like Rambo, you just watch it because it's an action movie, you know? Like, you don't think of the context of behind it. And actually, another story to add to this subject, I had a guy from, uh, uh, another guy from Iran, from Iran, Iran, right? And like, I was talking about like Transformers, you know, like this dude, this dude was a young guy. He loves action movies and stuff. Hold on, hold on. You said, you said, you said Iran and then Iran. You're the fucking English teacher. You were looking at me to give you the answer. I'm like, I don't know what, I don't, I look at the urban dictionary for my facts. You know why, dude? It's Turkish language, man. They say pizza. I say pizza. You know what I mean? Like it's it's being around these people, man. Like in Turkish, it's Iran, but in English, it's Iran. You know? Yeah. So like it it messes my seven years of living here, man. It's something. This guy from Iran, and I was like, dude, I saw the set of Transformers three. It was great watching my city being destroyed and watching fires and this and that. I'm like, isn't that so cool? You know? And then I I ask him. Would you ever like to see your city be destroyed? And he goes, no, because I've experienced it before in real life. And I was like, oh, my God. So, like, I have to really, like, think about some of the things I, I, I should say around some of these people. But, like, he was cool about it. You know what I mean? I can attest to I would love to see my city be destroyed if nobody was in it. But you would give me the like you ever see those people that do the form of therapy where they go into, like, a room and just destroy a bunch of shit, like punch holes in walls. Oh, yeah. Imagine you could do that, but they give you a Pacific Rim Jaeger suit and you could just link <laughs> up with somebody and just destroy your whole like this blank city, this whole thing. That would be amazing. I'm pro technology if we can do that, because the one thing I started thinking about is you have to connect with someone to do the Jaeger it takes yeah. two people. So you have to kind of sync brainwaves. What happens if that person tries to. I wouldn't say rape, but insert dirty things into your mind where you're like hang on a second what are you doing to me and it's like stop you're bending me over it's like i know what i'm doing just take it and like <laughs> you would do it to anybody you couldn't just like you couldn't have like a little girl or whatever be your person you connect with you could do it like an older man where you're just sitting there like it's like how are you stronger than me it's like yeah oh yeah we're not going anywhere we're, we're staying right here or how about like like being connected to like your wife's brother you know what i mean and like oh my god you did what to my sister last night it's like (laughs) you aren't supposed to see that yeah yeah exactly you're not supposed to see that you're not supposed to see that so yeah man but it's just like but like you know it's cool man because like i've been here for seven years and i still see interesting things that like i thought you would never see you know what i mean like it, it's still a, and it's actually a life learning experience because I, I've also experienced some tragedy. Like, like, I mean, like, not like really bad tragedy, but like tragedy. For example, in 2016, there was a bomb every other month in Turkey, especially in my city. There was a bomb every other month. Even a crazy militia tried to overtake the government and just blew up parliament and blew up here and there was a coup man in turkey and i was here when that happened actually i was watching the planes flying through my window and shaking my home and we're like 20 miles away from the real explosions man and it's funny people over here are complaining how they can't get their garlic knots and then you hear that happening over there yeah 
Yeah, for example, listen to this. Listen to this. I actually had to call my work and tell them I physically cannot go to work because of a bomb attack near the metro station that I take to go to work. You know what I mean? Like, like that really happened. It happened on a Sunday night. Uh, and it happened on a Sunday. There's a big explosion in our downtown of Ankara called Kizilai. You can, there was footage of it. A woman uh, was driving her car, had a car bomb, blew up. Lots of people died. Some of my friends saw the bomb and experienced it. And like, I wasn't there, but I worked close to there. And right where that bomb exploded was my bus stop to go to work the next day, which was a Monday. So I physically couldn't even go to my job because of this. You know what I mean? Like people fake call in sick, like <coughs> I have a headache. And then they go do their thing. This was real, man. And then like another, another experience, same year, same year, another experience, a friend and I went to like an interview somewhere and like we're sitting in, we're sitting in an office. Everything seems normal. Everything seems okay. We walk out and we see this big cloud of smoke coming into the air and everyone's just, it's like a zombie movie, dude. Everyone's standing still, staring at the smoke and me and my buddy have no clue what happened. Absolutely no clue. My wife calls me like 10 times and she was so worried and she's like, James, where are you? And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, there was a bomb close to where you are. And I'm like, holy shit, that's why there's a smoke happening. So what happened was this was another bomb that blew up near the military building close to our downtown area. And one of my children's students were affected by this. The bomb was so strong, it broke their bulletproof door that they couldn't even leave their home. So she didn't come to school for like three days. She was staying with her grandmothers. So like, and this girl was like in fifth grade, and like, so like when she came back to school, I was sitting down with her, like her name was Elith. So I was like, Elith, what happened? Like, tell me what happened. And she was there, like she could have died, you know what I mean? And she was like, I was sitting in, she was a little child, dude, she's a little child. And she's like, oh, I was uh, in another room and we heard a big explosion and the bulletproof door just slammed into our home. Luckily no one was hurt and killed, but that's how powerful these explosions are, man. So that was a lot of tragedy that I actually experienced. And a lot of my friends back home in America were messaging me like, are you okay? Are you okay? Come back, come back, come back. Fast forward five, you know, four years later, 2020, people, Turkish people are asking me what's happening in America now. So like everything that's going on in America is stuff that like, I kind of lived through, you know what I mean? And now everything that's going on in America, now Turkish people are like, James, how's your family? Here's the protest. Oh my God. And it's just like, wow. It just feels like it's just, like you said, a simulator. It feels like I'm living through like a, a, a tragic simulator. And it's just, it's bizarre. It, it was kind of like the first few days of the pandemic was weird because it felt zombie apocalypse-ish. Like there was just nobody on the roads at all. And I was like, wow, like this is crazy. There's no traffic. Like I was seeing tumbleweeds and shit like an old Western movie crawling across the street. But to talk about your experience with the bomb, for instance, I had that happen. I went on my junior year on vacation to Hawaii and I came back and I go into school and there's like 
six people in this school of like a thousand something. And I'm like way more than a thousand, like maybe 1600. And I'm like, where the fuck is everybody at? And they literally had one teacher on staff that just had the whole, like all of us in one room. And like, they speeched us in the cafeteria. Thanks for showing up. We're going to try and do our normal day. And I'm sitting there like, what is going on? Like, I just came back from like a beautiful place right now. And they're like, Oh, one of the kids. And then they named the kid. I'm not going to name him on here, but he was like, he threatened to shoot up the school. And I was oh like, God. Oh, like, so I could be dead right now. And they're like, yeah, but he's not, he's not here either. And it's like, okay, so what's going on? It's like, well, it's been like this a few days. There's a lot of people scared and teachers are, and parents are really upset. And I'm like, so what do we do? And they're just like, it's normal day class. So we just sat there all for seven hours of fucking school and just did whatever the hell we wanted. I was like, can somebody just, can I just go home? Like, can I just, like, I was calling my parents, like, pick me up. Why? Oh, I'm not feeling too good. Oh, you're faking again. No, some kid threatened to shoot up the school. So I'd like to go home. It's like, it's this whole thing. It's like everywhere there's this disaster that happens every 10, 15 years or so, oh, yeah. but it's becoming so much more prevalent now with the idea that, the world is this thing. You're never going to be anything. And it's all this tension filled, I guess, spot. And I'm like, media has completely just caused all of this to turn into this giant conglomerate of dog shit where I'm like, this is going to suck for future generations unless we can find a way to EMP all media news or make fake news. You know, what's funny. It's actually, uh, what's kind of cool is like, Living it, like, you're absolutely correct about this. And, like, what was kind of cool is I met a journalist, dude, like, in, in Turkey. Obviously, I can't name him, but, like, I watched his videos on YouTube because, like, he was the only guy that was speaking English. Sure enough, he was in my city. So, like, I reached out to him. I was like, hey, man, I live in Ankara. You live in Ankara. Let's meet up sometime. So I met the guy, like, twice, man. And, like, this dude was like telling me like all this interesting stuff of what's going on that I didn't even know like what's going on, you know? So he's like my news outlet, you know? So, but you're absolutely correct, man. The media is just like exploring everything, you know, like for example, well, hold on. It's, I got a good one. I just saw the other day. I saw the Biden campaign ad and it, the weirdest fucking thing was like, do you want orphans to die? Do you care about how many lives are being lost? And then it was like against Trump. And I was like, before it was slight back in election days, they would have like this slight drag at another opponent, like, bam, now, which is blatant. Like, did you know Trump supports orphans being eaten, eaten by Ellen on her show? It's like, what the (laughs) hell is like, I saw the ad and I was literally like, I've seen a lot of crazy shit. I've seen ponies in New Orleans. I've seen the world goes on and on and on. And then I look and I'm like, wow, that really caught me off guard where I literally sent a text to someone was like, did you see the, the ad for that? Like where there's going to be people out there that just are going to be like, oh my God, he's doing these horrible things. I'm like, hang on a second. You got to know that's bullshit. Yeah. I'm not, a tr- <laughs> hey, I'm not Trump or Biden. I'm, I, I don't give a shit. I didn't even, I'm not even registering to vote. So I guess I don't have a say, but it's the factor of why would media play that? And it, what's really interesting is when 9-11 happened, I heard Bob Saget talked about what they played on TV that night. All the major – or one was it CNN or one of those sites played something, and it was Mrs. Doubtfire. 
Oh, Jesus. Instead of playing the news and all this tragic stuff, Bob Saget's, you know, he had kids at the time, but they were with their his his ex-wife. So he was sitting home alone and he would have just been sitting there watching the news, like not being able to do anything, but just being upset and suicidal, basically, like most yeah. people were when they were watching it. But they played Mrs. Doubtfire and he's like, what a great thing they did for me. Like, let's go to stop showing so much. Like, even when I mean fake news, I mean, let's bring fake news in when it comes to, hey, everybody, guess what? It's a beautiful day out in your love today. And let me tell you about a little seal that crossed the road. It's like some <laughs> bullshit, whatever. I'll take that form of it because it's not negative to some point where you hear it and you immediately get fired up with pitchforks and torches. Yeah. James, I'm telling you, pitchforks and torches is what everybody's coming to. You know what? I see it all the time, man. I see it. I see it all the time in the media, and you are you're nailing it, like absolutely nailing it, man. I stopped watching the news to be honest with you because, like, you know what I mean? Like, for example, like I do watch sometimes, but I watch like the world news. You know what I mean? Like, for for example, uh, about this situation is some people are just so caught up in their own like political agenda and their own political party that they forget that there's a world outside of this. You know what I mean? And I think like. Living in Turkey really opened my eyes to to life, actually. Because, like, you know, when you, when you focus on the news, it's always Biden's in this, Trump's in this. Biden's in this, Trump's in this. But, like, you know, when I, when I go to work and I meet a guy who literally got his life threatened for trying to bring joy to people in this country, you really honestly forget, like, everything else, man. You know what I mean? Because, like, you know, these are like movies like like this dude's story can literally be a vice news story you know what i mean and it's like am i really talking to you and you know like like you said i met celebrities i met famous musicians i've met people from all walks of life my uncle was friends with michael jordan you know what i mean like oh my I god i thought i thought michael jordan had aids i got to mix up with magic johnson i'm not a basketball but, guy but uh. yeah another bad but i never met mj all right i never met him but like my uncle was friends with those guys and like so like i've been around people from all walks of life man but when you sit down and like really take in to like someone's tragic story and just listening to them it's just like it really opens your eyes a lot. Like, now I get it. I get it why Angelina Jolie does these charities in third world countries. Like, I get it. I get it now. Because, like, when you're just a normal American consumer and you're like, Angelina Jolie visits Tibet. And you're like, who cares? But actually, those areas are really tragic and, and terrible, man. And, like, they need some kind of light. So, being Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie or any celebrity that visits these third world countries, I, 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 before I used to condemn it, I was like, oh, this is a publicity stunt. They're well, yeah, most of the time when it comes to celebrities donating to charity, like, oh, that, that, that guy's amazing. It's like, you got to understand that's a tax write-off for them. And also yeah. it's like a moral cleanse for themselves. Like I know so many people that are, I guess they would be small celebrities and stuff, sure. but Sure. They do it because of their ego. They donated like pizzas or something to the uh, people in hospitals during the whole pandemic thing to help out, but they made like 50 million posts on it. And I was like, that's the only reason you did it. If Facebook didn't exist, you know, do something nice, but don't fucking talk about it. Yeah, you know, you know you're right too. You're absolutely right. Some celebrities do take advantage of tragedy. You're absolutely correct. Like I, there's no doubt about that. 
But sometimes, like, for example, like Angelina Jolie came to like Turkey like nine years ago and visited one of the most poorest places, you know, and like actually sat down in their homes and talked to them. And I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. And there wasn't a lot of press conference about her, you know what I mean? But like, this is funny. So, like, Charlie Sterone ate baklava from Turkey, right? There's like a small city in Turkey that's like famous for baklava. And like, they use that as news. Like, Charlize Theron ate baklava from Turkey. And they're like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh, Charlize Theron, we can send you more baklava. Please, please come, come. And like, they don't give a shit. They're just they're doing it because it's in the script. You know what I mean? But like, but like living here, like for example, dude, like this is, I'm gonna blow your mind right now. I've had people that came up to me and said, like, you are the very first American person I've ever met, and I must say I'm impressed. You know what I mean? Because, like, they think, like, Americans are not open-minded or closed-minded, or they think, like, we are just, like, people who don't listen and we're only about us. But, like, like hearing that from, like, some of these people, like, really touches me, man. You know what and I mean? just so, to think we're sending a fucking guy who's orange with a fake blonde hair to other countries to meet diplomats, and that's what everybody's viewing us as. Absolutely. For example, I've had people, I've had, I've had people from Germany, I've had people from other countries tell me they don't want to go to America because they're afraid of, like, custom agents, police, uh, because they're from Turkey and this is a Muslim country, they're afraid of being criticized as terrorists. I mean, like, I've heard it all, dude. Like, I've heard it all. So, like, when, when I meet these people, like, they feel at ease. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, wow, like, Americans are not so big-headed people, you know what I mean? And it's, it's kind of cool to, to, to actually be a part of something. You feel like you're actually, you feel worthy. You know what I mean? Like, wow. But you have a whole new outlook on life, I would say, when it comes to like, oh, we're not the center of the universe. We're actually all kind of just getting by together. I mean, we're all on this giant rock. And I'm actually predicting, which it's obviously going to happen, but it's not going to be in any of our lifetimes, probably in a very, 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 like maybe a million years or so. But Pangea, we all split. Well, slowly everything's drifting farther and farther away. It's going to all come back around and then just crash into each other again. I'm like, maybe that's what we need is all of us coming back to like this weird shaped thing again. So it's like you can travel over there quicker and you get to experience the culture. I'm like, a lot of what's happening is you're getting this distance between normal people, even in a store where it's like, you just need to take the time to understand and be more open-minded and you'll get a lot farther. Yeah, you know what, man? I was I was just like listening to some of your previous episodes, man. And like one thing, okay, now it's my time to to start telling what I like about your show is you are real. You're not you're not hiding. You're not you say what you like, and I think that's like cool. You you, you bring on people with interesting backgrounds. You know, I I've listened to like three episodes now, and like I really like it. I'm gonna go back into your into your uh, gallery and I'm going to start listening to more. But one thing you said in one of your episodes was like how people complain about raisin bread or something. And like, you know what I mean? And it's like, and it's totally true. Like, like when I think of those people that are complaining for like the most littlest things and then like back to back forward to like talking to refugees who left their cars, like dude, like people who really experience real tragedy stuff to people complaining about the cereal, it really just opens my mind of like, 
wow, the human race is really just so interesting and all over the place, man. One person's pandemic is like another person's like, that's just another day for us. Yeah, yeah, dude, totally, man, totally. And it's just so interesting, man. So like, it's just, it's just cool, like being here. Cause like I said, like I sit down with these Turkish people or Arabics or other walks of life. And like, I hear their stories and their backgrounds and you know what I mean? Like I've heard, I'm not going to go on about it anymore, but like, I just, heard a lot of stories i've seen a lot of things and like what's really cool about this country too is it's very spiritual it's super spiritual like for example like of course i was listening to your last episode with that lady uh your lady talking about like uh scary shit man like bigfoot and stuff like that and like turkey has this like a lot of spiritual things man even now they're uncovering uh underground churches dated back dated back to like bc you know so like it's a very spiritual place so like i've asked students like uh tell me about some of your uh ghost stories you know what i mean and like i heard three different people's like ghost stories and they all are similar and these three people don't even know each other you know what i mean and like I'm sure you can find people like that in America. I'm sure you can, but here it's more prevalent. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the black, the black figure standing at your door, staring at you when you're sleeping, you know what I mean? Or the black shadows standing outside. So like that stuff really frightens me, but it also intrigues me too, you know? So it really kind of puts into perspective how small you really are in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, 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 Completely true. Well, James, please promote your show, man. Let everybody know where they can find you at, brother. All right, guys. Uh, friendly men. Oh, by the way, uh, I got to explain the back history. Uh, we were called the James and Mark show, but we had to change it because there's another YouTube channel called the James and Mark show. And my Turkish followers kept following the other show. So we had to change it to the friendly men. So, yeah, we're on YouTube, Instagram, the friendly men. We're everywhere. We got some good stuff coming up. We filmed a lot of stuff just waiting to be edited, to be put out. And uh, thank you, Rob, for having me, man. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I like how it's called Friendly Men, but then we talked a lot of tragedy, and then we ended with paranormal. <laughs> There's people listening like, I hope they do different topics on the show. <laughs> you know, man, I like to be all over the place, man. Last night in my, la- my class last night, we talked about aliens you know so it's like look you can't go wrong with aliens and let me warn everybody out there that if you eat two boxes of raisin bran you won't poop for like three days actually a lot longer than that that's from experience thank you for listening to this episode out of the blank stay tuned for our next episode Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast. If you want to visit iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe, and even share the show. Helps me out. Leave me a little something like a little message about oregano or Domino's pizza or how Papa John's is evil. Thanks for checking out Out of the Blank Podcast.